Welcome to the Habits to Goals podcast with Martin Grunberg. It's time to take control of your life. Are you ready to achieve goals faster and more consistently than ever before? You need the habit factor. You're listening to Habits to Goals, the podcast that helps you create the habits that lead to success. I'm your host, Nick Polkowski, and here is Martin Grunberg. Martin, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Nikki P, it's uh, terrific to be here. How you doing, buddy? I am doing phenomenal. How are you doing? You sound great, as always. Fired oh, up. Thank you. Fired up. Yeah, I, I am excited to be here. I'm excited to be talking about some habits and some goals and some awesomeness. So, <laughs> Awesomeness. Yeah, yeah. You got to have lots of awesomeness in our The podcast. habit of awesomeness. Exactly, exactly. That's your, that's your next book. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Perfect. So what do you want to actually, first of all, before we dive into the topic of today, what is your GTR for this week? <laughs> this is probably worth sharing because I, I'm just guessing there, you know, I know Apple has sold millions of these MacBook Pros and to my, to my astonishment, um, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. The GTR is this. I got my Apple Mac Pro back very quickly. Uh, about a month ago, I upgraded the RAM. I put in a solid-state drive, which is a hot tip. If anybody out there is semi-technical or just bring it to the Apple store and ask for a solid-state drive. So fast forward two weeks after that, and the video starts kind of tripping out, going in and out. And I think it's the RAM. I put the old RAM back in. I know the drive's not affecting it. And kind of long story short, it ends up dying completely, but not before I've done some research to find out that there's uh, basically a class action lawsuit or there's going to be that there's a chip that's soldered on the logic board and apparently after about three years, it it's faulty, it falls off, it gets loose and then your video goes to crap. And so the GTR is this, I take it to Apple, they took it, it was obviously well out of warranty and they said I'd have it back in a week. And I even told you, I may not have this for the show. I'm not sure I'm going to do it. In any event, they got it back to me. They told me it was going to be a week. I had it in three days with a brand new logic board, brand new keyboard. They just absolutely killed it. So under-promised, over-delivered, great customer service experience. And my GTR is my beautiful little Mac is back. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. It is awesome. Uh, I can only imagine the uh, how horrible it must have been when you think you were going to be without your computer for a week. I would have been freaking out, I know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the middle of, not to mention the podcast, but books, and there's some uh, creative, we're, we're working on a new Android app, and anyways, all sorts of projects, and yeah, the thought of being without it for a week was below average. What is your GTR? Well, I'm going to stick with a theme here and I'm going to go uh -oh. with uh, my uh, MacBook as well. Um, so I have, I actually That's have a second, yeah, I've, I might as well because I was very happy about this because I actually have a second uh, MacBook. It's my older one. I just got a new one a couple months ago. 
um, because the older one was, you know, getting super slow. It, it was, it was a pretty old one and I was time to upgrade anyways. Um, and I just use that one now as kind of like a network computer. So it basically runs an external hard drive that stores all my Dropbox and transporter and cloud-based storage. Um, but it's been running really, really slow, like even more than normal recently. So I ended up taking it in a couple days ago and basically went through it and people at the, you know, uh, Apple store helped me kind of clear it out and get it running smooth and, uh, <laughs> went through and basically wiped the whole thing is really what we ended up doing. And now it's working perfectly again. So I have two awesome working computers right now and I love it. <laughs> yeah. It's got to feel pretty good, man. It does. Um, well, sweet. So today, did I tell you what we want to chat about here? Yeah, briefly. Did, well, let me let me back up. Did you see the Super Bowl? I saw just about all of it. Yes. Really? Did you see the <laughs> Did you see the last couple minutes? Well, long story short, sort of. Oh um, no. I I actually don't have a TV, so I was streaming it. And then when I hit refresh towards the end, cause it kind of got out of sync and I saw the final score, but I, I went back oh. later and watched the end of it anyways. <laughs> Unreal. So, and I don't know if you had any, uh, skin in the game or, or a dog in the fight, but, uh, were you leaning any particular way there? Well, I w- used to go to school. I went to school, University of Wisconsin with Russell Wilson. So I was Attaboy. definitely pulling for him, but... Other than that, I so I was a little disappointed, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's all right. That was well. That's good to hear. Um, yeah, it was a bit of a tragic ending, but it got me to thinking, Nick. That and and this is, I think, a great topic. It's it's this idea that life, in many ways, parallels. We we can just say sport in general, um, or we can even narrow it down to. To football, but but really, I've noticed, and I don't know if this is the same with you that that when things are going well, ish, knock on wood, I'm a an active participant, and when things are not going so well, it's often because I'm a spectator. I'm sitting back. Um, does that sound familiar? Oh yeah, I would I would definitely agree with that too. Yeah, when you're just kind of letting life happen to you, things don't seem to go nearly as well. That's funny that you put it that way. I came across a quote, and I think people know at this point I love quotes. Good things happen when planned and bad things on their own. And it's kind of that idea, yeah. So it occurred to me that when you're taking action, when you're in the game, and by the way, Last time I checked, there's no spectator unless they're be- unless they're betting, uh, and that may be analogous actually to buying stock in a company or something. But there, there's no spectator winning the game. You have to be in the game. You have to be on the field. You have to be playing. And then the question becomes, like, what are the benefits of that? What what are these people doing that that maybe spectators aren't that that might be worth reiterating and 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 it gives you this kind of almost checklist in your head like the first thing is am i playing or am i being a spectator 
And then do I have a scoreboard? Do I know what the end zone looks like? Right? And we talked about that many, many episodes back. What, what's the end zone? What's the end game? We even talked about the obituary exercise. And then what's a first down look like? Right? And that could be whether it's your 90-day goals, your month goals. And this idea that you're either kind of back on your heels or you're on your toes, you're kind of assertive, aggressive. And then that leads to all sorts of other beneficial qualities. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And Martin, if you don't mind, I would like to kind of stick with just the uh, one little part that you kind of mentioned there. And yeah. how do you actually know if you are in the game, if you're you know, actually playing the game? Uh, is there a certain way you should be acting, sh- certain things you should be doing to show that you're fully in? Yeah, sure. Um, great question. So, so I think you know you're in the game if you're if you're taking action. You know you're in the game if you know what the end zone looks like. You know you're in the game if you know what the scoreboard looks like. You know you're in the game if you've analyzed kind of your strategic uh, opportunities. And at the same time, what any good coach is going to do is analyze their their weaknesses. Right. Which, of course, can be opportunities. So I, I think that's how, you know, if you're in the game, I if anybody out there were to just ask themselves whether they're driving around, am I in the game? I think right away they know the answer. That's just kind of from my experience. And again, it's worth talking about from my perspective, because when you become hesitant or you, quote unquote, rest on your laurels um, or you're afraid of whether it's failing or taking on a new venture or, you know, you could go through a dozen. It's it's because, uh oh, you've become, in my opinion, you've become the spectator. Yeah, I, I think there's such a danger in that almost because especially the like, almost rest on your laurels kind of piece. We so often think that, you know, getting ahead, getting success, you know, accomplishing a goal is like a one-time activity, is like, a, you know, just checking off a box uh, on your to-do list. But then once you do that, if you don't immediately find that next thing or find that, you know, something else, then that's where you can potentially be out of the game. Absolutely. And it's it's hard to do. You know, we had that one episode where we spoke quite a bit about failure and spinning failure to win. And it's hard if you, so we're talking about doing something semi great and then trying to follow up on that. But, but it's also hard when you, you do something and it, it flunks out and you get back on the, the horse, right? You get back <laughs> in the game. In both cases, it's critical and when I said both, I was reminded of that episode where we talked about both. So, so it's critical to just keep moving forward, to stay engaged, to keep, as you say, kind of raising the bar, setting the new milestone, going for it. I can tell you after the book came out, I had a really hard time. In fact, I can forget about me for a second. I, an author wrote a terrific book. He called me up about a week after and he just said, I'm like, I don't know what to do. I'm so depressed. It's the weirdest feeling because I've spent two years 
working so hard on this book. And then he just birthed this thing and it's out there. And he was just kind of lost. And, and he was calling me to see if it was familiar. And I, I told him it was, it was exactly the same for me. It's, it's a very strange feeling. And I did the mistake where I, I think it was a mistake. I waited way too long to kind of get back on the horse and start writing a new book. Now, the, the fact is I never thought I was going to write one book, never had an inkling to. And then it was strange because I remember my partner about four, five months after the book came out, he was asking, what's the next one? And I was like, oh, there's not, there's never going to be a next one. You know, it took me about three years to write. Um, and then there, there was an next one or there is. And, but, but it was that idea of kind of sitting back and, and just being tentative. And the same thing happened after I did, um, you know, the first, paddleboard race or the first Ironman, it was the same thing. You have these huge swings where you train so hard, you do the event and then just this huge kind of slump and then you got to get back in the game. So yeah, I'm glad you you said that. Yeah. Well, and I hear that from authors, uh, from several author friends that have had the very similar experience but and it's not even just authors. It's you know with any project, with any big accomplishment, you know it's important to yeah take a little bit to maybe celebrate it. I know I don't do enough of that celebrating the successes or the wins, and recharging up briefly. But then figuring out how you can kind of get moving forward right away, so you don't lose that momentum. I think is important. Yeah. So the checklist just to kind of out of the gate is: Are you being too passive? Um, you know, can you be more assertive, aggressive? Can you establish what the end zone looks like? Do you know what a first, you know, what would a first down look like? Um, what is the strategy? What is the current score? And it's just a beautiful analogy for, for life, not just football, but sport in general, this competitive aspect. Now I will say, Um, there was a time, and again, this goes back to that paradox talk we, we had, you know, that holistic viewpoint. So, so I swang, I used to be ultra competitive. Um, if any friends are out there, I'm sure they're, they're laughing. So I was so competitive. It, it was a detriment. In other words, I think I, how do I put this gently? Um, I think I, I don't want to say warded off friends, but, but I was just too, I was hyper competitive. Now, then I flipped and I realized that was too much. And then that didn't work either. So it brings back this theme of just being aware and adjusting, but, um, it's probably not certainly unique to me. What I'm finding now is there's that happy medium where you can certainly be competitive when it comes to, there's that great Dr. J quote where he just said, um, you know, I demand more from myself than anybody ever, anybody else ever will. And so that's obviously his competitive nature coming out. And that's probably another good way to look at it. 
Oh, I think that's an excellent way to look at it. And yeah, I definitely don't think it's unique to you. I know I've uh, definitely had that very similar experiences as well, where in high school in sports on the field and all that stuff was way too competitive. Uh, And then almost for a little while here swung completely the opposite way. And uh, probably it was not competitive enough or be too nice to everyone. But now it's figuring out, yeah, where is that spot where you can have the confidence, you can have the drive and the ambition, uh, but yet at the same time be able to get along with other people and not be, you know, a jerk to them. Right. No, that's beautiful. I, you know, I probably should have sensed or known that that there's some parallels there. And, And yeah, so that's and. Doesn't that go back to what we talked about in the last episode about that balance and, and finding that? And there's no there's no one answer. It's just being open and flexible and adjusting. And by the way, going back to the football field, that's exactly what you got to do if you want to win, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you're on your toes because you can adjust quickly. Yeah, well, and they spend so much time, you know, before the game, after the games, before the next game, or even during the game, actually reviewing things, you know, going over and analyzing the plays that happened. And that's the same things that we probably should be doing as well. Planning, preparing, right? Planning, Mm -hmm. preparing, and practicing. The three Ps. And, And what is planning? Planning is just knowing... What's kind of the end game? What does it look like? What are we trying to achieve? And having that clear vision and then preparing is what What are the skills, resources? What are the things that we are going to need to make that plan come to fruition, right? What's the strategy? And then practicing this idea that, you know, what? why is it that sports teams practice and the military practices and yet, and I saw, I saw this video from a blogger. He, he sent it out to people to help them with social anxiety. And I was so curious. I had to see what, what's going on. And I loved what he was advocating. And it was just, believe it or not, he was saying practice. He was, he was saying, is it weird to practice? Yes, but... Businesses do it. Sports teams do it. You know, rehearse, practice, go through the motions. It's going to help. So I thought that was I thought that was brilliant. No, I I think that's awesome. I think that's I know that's one thing I actually can remember doing back in high school. I was a really shy kid and um, especially yell. Uh, junior high time and like my teacher actually would have me go out and just uh, at events I would tell me to go meet new people basically and have me go out and just practice randomly like that until I got used to doing that and now it's something that comes pretty natural to me so yeah that's a that's an excellent example that is a great well it's I love your color to the example no I mean that's terrific and that's exactly what this guy's saying and um you can see it in every aspect. If if you had a big presentation to do, you would, I think, you would practice. So why not do it for things that you feel uncomfortable about? You know, even if you think it comes naturally and it's something that nobody should ever practice, it's probably not a bad idea. 
No, I, so I love I love the three Ps. Yeah, no, it, it, I really like that too. So, Martin, do you have any? And I almost feel like we should leave our listeners with a challenge in this episode. You know, a challenge to go out there and practice doing something they're uncomfortable with. Uh, just kind of the way you you teed that up there at the end. But do you have any final takeaways for our listeners uh, before we wrap up this episode? I was thinking it would be about defining the end zone and going back to but the football analogy. But now that you say it like that, um, I, I love that idea. I mean, if there's something you know you can practice at to be better, uh, by all means. I just don't – I mean, everybody, obviously, it's going to be a little different. So I'm not sure what that is for you. Um yeah, I don't know, Nick. So I so this is kind of random, and I just thought of it when you were talking. Yeah. Have you ever heard of rejection therapy? I have not. There is a really great uh, blog out there. Basically, a guy went through and did 100 days of rejection therapy. I can't remember. I'd have to do some digging, see if I could find it again. Um, but basically, his goal was to get told no uh, 100 days in a row. Uh, wow. so he would go out there and, he'd, uh, ask for a discount at Starbucks is an example, or ask to ride in a police car and turn the sirens on, you know, do all these kind of random things with the whole point of trying to get rejected. But yet uh, along the way, he blogged about it and got to do some really awesome things as well. I think I remember seeing it first as a Ted talk, but that's something that you might want to check out. I think, I think you'd kind of resonate with it. I will. I, I love it. Yeah, no, and it just goes back to, did I say this last time? Every master was once a disaster. That's a, uh, that's a T. Harv Ecker quote. Every master was once a disaster. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just this idea that you got you to take your lumps. Greatness is a process. You know, it was Aristotle who said excellence is a habit, but really – and that's fine. I'm all for that. But but I think anybody who's achieved anybody who's achieved quote unquote success or greatness would would probably tell you it's just been a process. <laughs> so um, I like a rejection therapy. We'll have to look that up. Well, awesome. Well, Martin, thank you so much for a great episode. Thank you, Nick. We'll see you next time. Take care, bud. And thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Habits to Goals podcast. I'm so excited that you could be here with us as we explore the habit factor and how habits can actually change your life. We'd love to hear what your big takeaways were from the epi- this episode. Simply go to thehabitfactor.com slash podcast. You can find all the episodes, all the previous episodes and the show notes there, as well as all the resources that were mentioned in this episode of the podcast. I also really want to encourage encourage you to go subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or SoundCloud or whatever podcast player you listen to because we are delivering a brand new episode to you each and every single Monday and I don't want you to miss a single one. So simply go to thehabitfactor.com slash iTunes and leave uh, and subscribe there. We'd also really encourage you if you enjoy these episodes, the best way to show your appreciation is to simply go 
leave a review on iTunes because that helps so many other people find the podcast and realize that this is the podcast for them that could really have an impact in their life, their business, and in just their happiness and wellness. So thank you for tuning into this episode. Remember to go out there and create habits that lead to your success. If you're looking to grow your business using podcasting, but don't have the time to edit the audio, insert the intro and outro, write up the show notes, post the episode to all the different sites, and do all of the ridiculous back-end work that's required, then you need yourpodcastguru.com, where you bring the content and we take care of the rest. We'll even co-host the show for you. Visit yourpodcastguru.com right now to explode your audience and crush it in the podcasting world.